epic conclusion approaches, eh? Sir? The, the final chapter, what? To our uh, escapades on the wireless, I mean. Oh, indeed, sir. Yeah, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? Indubitably, sir. Uh, when I think back to how the saga began, I grow misty-eyed, Jeeves. Indeed, sir. Oh, yes, Jeeves. The mere thought of those early days at Elsinore, skulking about until I receive information that my dead father's spirit lingers on and calls me to revenge upon my evil uncle, setting off a chain of ghastly deaths and existential turmoil, something rotten in the state of Denmark and all that. I fear, sir, that you may be reading over the wrong script. Hmm? You have been recounting the plot to Hamlet, sir. Have I? Oh, goodness gracious me, so I have. How embarrassing. It is no matter, sir. Truly not all that professional of me, though, eh? It happens to the best of us, sir. Monsieur, well, it could have been worse. Sir? I could have started recounting the archers. Oh, indeed, sir. It would have been here all night. Quite, sir. Speaking of, best not to keep them waiting, eh, what? Indeed, sir. Amina Hamid Productions proudly presents a wireless staging of Right Ho Jeeves, adapted from the book by P.G. Woodhouse. A lovely morning, is it not? Ah. not? Quite. I've got good news for you, Gussie. Has Market Snodsbury Grammar School burnt down? Not that I know of. Then what do you mean you've got good news? Oh, you mustn't take it so hard, Gussie. Why worry about a laughably simple job like distributing prizes at a school? Laughably simple, eh? Do you realise I've been sweating for days and haven't been able to think of a thing to say yet except that I won't detain them long? You bet I won't detain them long. I've been timing my speech and it lasts five seconds. What the devil am I to say, Bertie? What do you say when you're distributing prizes? You, uh, you say the race is not always to the swift. Why? Well, it's a good gag. Generally gets a hand. No, I, I mean, why isn't it? Why isn't the race to the swift? Oh, I don't know. But apparently it isn't. Maybe the non-swift ones have helped sometimes, like a motorised bicycle. Oh, dash it, Bertie. This is hopeless. I have a good mind to take that tip of yours and have a drink. Oh, you'll be all right. How do you know I'll be all right? I'm sure to blow up in my lines. Tash. Or drop a prize. Tut. Or something. I can feel it in my bones. As sure as I'm standing here, something is going to happen this afternoon which will make everybody laugh themselves sick at me. I can hear them now, like hyenas. Oh, hush, Gussie. Never mind all that. Besides, when I said I had good news, old man, I meant about Madeline Bassett. Oh, you can't have good news about her. I've dished myself there completely. Not at all. I'm convinced that if you take another whack at her, all will be wet. She may have loved me once. Last night will have killed all that. Oh, not a bit of it. She knows you simply got cold feet. And I should get cold feet if I try again. It's no good, Bertie. I'm hopeless and there's the end of it. Fate made me the sort of chap who can't say boo to a goose. Uh, my dear Gussie, you stand into... I am not going to risk a repetition of last night's fiasco. You talk in a light way of taking another whack at her, but you don't know what it means. You've not been through the experience of starting to ask the girl you love to marry you, and then suddenly finding yourself talking about the plum-like external gills of the newly-born newt. It's not a thing you can do twice. No, I accept my destiny. It's all over. And now, Bertie, like a good chap, shove off. I want to compose my speech, and I can't compose my speech with you mucking around. If you are going to continue to muck around, at least give me a couple of stories. The little hellhounds are sure to expect a story or two. Well, I, I heard a story the other day. I can't quite remember it, but it was about a chap who snored and disturbed the neighbours, and it ended, it was his adenoids that had annoyed them. You expect me to work that in, do you? into a speech to be delivered to an audience of boys, every one of whom is probably riddled with adenoids. Oh, damn it, they'd rush to the platform. Leave me, Bertie. Push off. That's all I ask you to do. Push off. Right here, then. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not propose to detain this auspicious occasion long. I really wouldn't do that if I were you, sir. Really, Jeeves, I know you were uncertain about carrying out my plan, but to seek to prevent me from adding gin to Gussie's orange juice before he delivers the biggest speech of his life is simply irresponsible. Let me rephrase, sir. I really wouldn't do that if I were you, because the valet to whom I as you is currently engaged in conversation has already done just that. Pardon? 
I have already attended to the matter, sir. Jeeves, I'm touched. Thank you, sir. What caused this change of heart? I chanced to encounter Mr. Finknottle in the garden, sir, while you were still in bed, and we had a brief conversation. His attitude struck me as defeatist. Oh, very well then, Jeeves, we must act. How, how, how much gin did you put in the jug? A liberal tumblerful, sir. Would that be a normal dose for an adult defeatist, do you think? I fancy it should prove adequate, sir. Mm, I wonder. Perhaps I'll add just another fluid ounce or so. I would not advocate it, sir. In the case of Lord Brancaster's parrot... You are falling into your old error, Jeeves, of thinking that Gussie is a parrot. Fight against this, I shall add the outs. Very good, sir. And by the way, Jeeves, uh, Mr. Finknottle is in the market for bright, clean stories to use in his speech. Do you know any? I know a story about two Irishmen, sir. Pat and Mike? Yes, sir. Who were walking along Broadway? Yes, sir. Well, just what he wants. You better go and tell it to him. Very good, sir. What ho, Bertie! What ho! What ho! What ho! And again, what ho! What a beautiful world this is, Bertie. One of the nicest I ever met. You'll be glad to hear that you were right. Your theory has been tested and proved correct. I feel like a fighting cock. Have you been having a drink? I have, as you advised. Unpleasant stuff like medicine. Burns your throat, too, and makes one as thirsty as the dickens. How anyone can mop it up as you do for pleasure beats me. Still, I would be the last to deny that it tunes up the system. I could bite a tiger. Oh, Gussie, you old fish. What did you have? Uh, whiskey. At least that was what the label on the decanter. And I have no reason to suppose that a woman like your aunt, staunch, true blue British, would deliberately deceive the public. If she labels her decanter whiskey, then I consider that we know where we are. No whiskey and soda, eh? You couldn't have done better. Uh, soda? Oh, I knew I'd forgotten something. I just nipped into the dining room and drank out of the decanter. Eh, how much? Oh, about ten swallows, tw- twelve maybe, fourteen, say sixteen medium-sized gulps. Oh, gosh, I'm thirsty. Where's the orange juice? Uh, I've got some water here for you. Oh, there's a good chap, Bertie, my old friend. Because that's what you are, eh? An old friend. I don't think I know an older friend. How long have you been an old friend, Bertie? Oh, years and years. Well, there you have it. Moist newts die after six years. You're not a newt, are you, Bertie? Uh... Not not to my knowledge. Oh, I thought not. Unlikely they'd have you at Eton. Well, I'm for a walk in the garden, old friend. Shall you accompany me? Well, I was was, was due to have lunch with Aunt Darling. Oh, no trouble, no trouble. To the Travers with you, and I shall catch you shortly. Oh, a wonderful world this is, Bertie, a wonderful world. Jeeves, fancy finding you here. I trust you observed the demeanour of our Fink Nottle earlier before luncheon? Indeed, sir. And again after luncheon. He is currently driving to the school with Mr and Mrs Travers in the large car. Did you give him your story of the two Irishmen? Yes, sir. He laughed heartily. Good, 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 good. Had you any other uh, contributions for him? I ventured to suggest that he might mention to the young gentleman that education is a drawing out, not a putting in. The late Lord Brancaster was much addicted to presenting prizes at schools, and he invariably employed this dictum. Yeah, and how did he react to that? He laughed heartily, sir. I imagine he jolly well did. You overheard our conversation, I trust, that he'd taken ten swallows of whiskey? Indeed, sir. And how thirsty it made him? You observed my judicious parry of his attempt at grasping the laced orange juice? Indeed, sir. Yeah, one of my sharper moments, I should think. Can you imagine if he'd had the two tumblers full of gin on top of his early embracement? The imagination boggles. Indeed, sir. And may I also add that it was most commendable how you disposed of the orange juice later. What are you talking about, Jeeves? Well, sir, when later, post-luncheon, I went to retrieve the jug of orange juice, intending to dispose of it myself to prevent the possibility of Mr. Finknottle accidentally consuming its contents, in addition to that which he had already imbibed, I observed that it was empty. And thus, I commend you for disposing of said jug's contents, sir. Most judicious. Jeeves? Yes, sir? 
I never touched the jug again after I originally laced it. Oh. Oh? Oh. I very much fear, sir... So do I, Jeeves. It would seem almost certain... Certain it would seem. What... What do you expect is going to be the result? During the ceremony, sir. Precisely, Jeeves. It is difficult to say, sir. You mean the, uh, the imagination boggles? Yes, sir. Hmm. Let me assess my imagination. Sir? You're right, Jeeves. It boggles. Ah, Mr. Fitzwattle. Finknottle. Uh, Finknottle. Uh, Finknottle. I should say, Finknottle. Uh, of course you should, you silly ass. My God. Yes? Your beard, it's enormous. Mr. Finkottle. One could hide an entire newt colony in that. Marvellous. Are you quite sure it's real? Mr. Finknottle, I... Oh, never mind. There'll be time for vivisection and on. Uh, this way, is it? Ah. Mrs. Travers, are you quite sure that he's... Oh, harsh. He'll be fine. He's just gotten engaged. Merely minutes ago. Walked right up to the girl and proposed. You'll forgive him a bit of resulting overconfidence. I think I could smell the overconfidence in his breath. Oh, I'm sure I wouldn't know. Shall we go in? I say, Jeeves, apparently Gussie proposed to Madeline. Things can't be all that rummy if that's an outcome. Indeed, sir. Indeed, Jeeves. This may turn out smashingly after all. Interesting choice of words, sir. And now then. Speech. Speech, speech, speech. 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 Boys. I mean, ladies and gentlemen and... Boys, I do not detain you long, but I suppose on this occasion I feel compelled to say a few auspicious words. Uh, ladies and boys and gentlemen, we have all listened with interest to the introductory remarks of our friend here, the headmaster, who clearly forgot to shave this morning. Uh, I don't know his name, but then... He didn't know mine, so we're even. <laughs> now, what I wanted to say was this, and I say it confidently, without fear of contradiction. I say, in short, I am most happy to be here and to award these prizes, which, to my mind, appear some kind of papier-mâché brick. They are books, Mr. Finknottle. Gesundheit. Now then, gentlemen, I mean ladies and gentlemen and, of course, boys. Uh, what a wonderful world this is. A beautiful world full of happiness on every side. Uh, let me tell you a story. Two Irishmen, Pat and Mike, were walking along Broadway and one said to the other, Begora! The race is not always to the swift. And the other replied, Faith and begob, education is a drawing out, not a putting in. Yes, it is a beautiful world. You take that old bugger there, next to the lady in beige. That is old Tom Travers, my host. I ticked him off properly. I was accompanying him in the car on the way here, and he was moaning on and on about how the world was in a deplorable state. I said, don't talk rot, old Tom Travers. I'm not accustomed to talk rot, he said. Then, for a beginner, I said, you do it dashed well. <laughs> and I think you will admit, boys and, and ladies and, and gentlemen, that was telling him. Well, boys, many of you, no doubt, are, are leaving school. 
You are going out into the great world. And what I want to impress upon you is that, however much you may suffer from adenoids, you must never become pessimists like old Tom Travers. Look, there he is in the second row, the fellow with a face rather like a walnut. Ah, look there. Another pessimist, ladies and gentlemen, and boys, and girls, and walnuts, and Pat, and Mike, Bertie Wooster. Oh dear. There in the back, that creature with the look of a disoriented artichoke, Bertie Wooster, that is, and as foul a pessimist as ever bit a tiger. I tell you, I despise that man. And why do I despise him? Because, boys and ladies and gentlemen, he is a pessimist. His attitude is defeatist. When I told him I was going to address you this afternoon, he tried to dissuade me. He thought... I would transform into a newt. Well, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls and, and walnuts and Pat and Mike, am I a newt? No, I am a man. And what a man I am. Ah. Uh, now then, the prizes. Spelling and dictation. P.K. Purvis. There, you, you you're P.K. Purvis? Sire, sir. It's a beautiful world, P.K. Purvis. Sire, sir. Y you've noticed, have you? Jolly good. <laughs> you married, P.K. Purvis? Sir, no, sir. Oh, get married, there's a good lad. <laughs> now, scripture. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh, you know who won the scripture prize when I was in school? Bertie Wooster. Now, let me tell you a story about Bertie Wooster. And I'm off. Thank you, Jeeves. I must have fallen asleep. Yes, sir. What, what time is it? Close to dinner, sir. Ah, I suppose I'd better dress. It will not be necessary, sir. A cold collation has been set out in the dining room as the staff are away for the evening, attending a country dance. Oh, of course. I recall Angela telling me. Are you going, Jeeves? No, sir. I'm not particularly fond of these rural entertainments. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, uh, Anatole? A bed, sir. Right. Well, Jeeves, this, uh, certainly was one of those afternoons, what? Yes, sir. I cannot recall one more packed with incident, and I left before the finish. Yes, sir. I observed your departure. Oh, you couldn't blame me for withdrawing. No, sir. Mr. Finknottle had undoubtedly become embarrassingly personal. Was there, uh, much more of it after I went? No, sir. After regaling the company with tales of your wayward youth, Mr. Finknottle began questioning the bona fides of the student who had won the scripture prize, before attempting to pull the beard off the headmaster's face. Golly, Jeeves! He succeeded merely in throwing him into the first row, whereupon Mr. Finknottle screamed something about Pat and Mike, before the organist sprung into a rendition of the national anthem, which the entire company joined. And thereupon the afternoon's proceedings concluded. Well... A frightful exhibition, and one which will very possibly ring down history's pages. But we, uh, we must not forget, Jeeves, that Gussie, though now doubtless looked upon in the neighbourhood as the world's worst freak, is all right otherwise. No, sir. When you say no, sir, do you mean yes, sir? No, sir. I mean no, sir. He's not all right otherwise? No, sir. But he's betrothed. No longer, sir. Miss Bassett has severed the engagement. Oh, you don't mean that? Yes, sir. <sighs> <sighs> Bertie, 
I owe you an apology. Oh, ah, well, all is forgiven. Good. Uh, Tuppy? Yes? What am I forgiving? Ah, this Bassett business. What Bassett business? Bertie, when you told me last night that you were in love with Madeline Bassett, I gave you the impression that I believed you, but I didn't. The thing seemed too incredible. However, I have since made inquiries and the facts appear to square with your statement. I have now come to apologise for doubting you. Made inquiries? I asked her if you had proposed to her, and she said yes, you had. They have you no delicacy, no proper feeling? No. Oh, well. Right here, of course. I, I think you ought to have. Delicacy be dashed. I wanted to know who stole Angela from me. I suspected you, but was indeed mistaken. It was the Newt Man. The Newt Man? The Newt Man. Think Nottle. Think slimy bugger Nottle. But Gussie loves the Bassett. You can't all love this blighted Bassett. What astonishes me is that anyone can do it at all. He loves Angela, I tell you, and she loves him. Angela handed you your hat before Gussie ever got here. No, she didn't. A couple of hours after. I couldn't have fallen in love with her in a couple of hours. Why not? I fell in love with her in a couple of minutes. I worshipped her immediately we met the pop-eyed little excrescence. Don't argue, Bertie. The facts are all docketed. She loves this newt nuzzling blister. Quite absurd, laddie, quite absurd. Oh, then perhaps you'll explain how it is that she happens to come to be engaged to him. Engaged to him? She told me herself. Oh, she was kidding you. She was not kidding me. Shortly after the conclusion of this afternoon's binge at Market Snodsbury Grammar School, he asked her to marry him, and she appears to have right hoed without a murmur. Oh, there must be some mistake. Oh, there was. The snake think Nottle made it, and by now I bet he realises it. I've been chasing him since 5.30. Chasing him? Oh, all over the place. I want to pull his head off. Oh, I see. Uh, quite. You haven't seen him by any chance? Well, no. Well, if you do, say goodbye to him quickly and put in your order for lilies. Oh, Jeeves. Sir? Have you seen Mr. Finknottle? Jeeves? No, sir. I'm going to murder him. Very good, sir. Oh, how about it? Do you grasp the psychology? Does it make any sense? Only a few hours ago, Gussie was engaged to Miss Bassett. Gentlemen who have been discarded by one young lady are often apt to attach themselves without delay to another, sir. It is what is known as a gesture. Ah, I see what you mean. Defiant stuff. Yes, sir. Well, we must save the unfortunate blighter, Jeeves. Yes, sir. A human life is a human life, what? Exceedingly true, sir. The first thing, then, is to find him. After that, we can discuss plans and schemes. Go forth, Jeeves, and, uh... Scour the neighbourhood. It will not be necessary, sir. If you glance behind you, you will see Mr. Finknottle coming out from beneath your bed. Gussie! Jeeves! Sir? Is that door locked, Jeeves? No, sir, but I will attend to the matter immediately. Uh, Excellent, wonderful, thank you. You can never tell that that ghastly glossop may not take it into his head to come... Let me in, blast you! Who locked this door? Quick, Gussie, into the cupboard. What? Just a minute, tubby old man. Now... Why was the door locked? If you must know, tubby, I was about to disrobe. A likely story. You locked the door because you've got that serpent in here. Oh, come now, tubby. Let's have a look at this cupboard, eh? Gussie? Goodbye, Bertie. Oh, no, you don't. Get back here, you. Jeeves? Yes, sir? I think I need a cigarette. Very good, sir. And perhaps some opium. Angela, this is all perfect drivel. I'm sorry, Bertie, I didn't hear... What were you talking drivel about? I was not talking drivel. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you were. Is it likely that I would come out here in order to talk drivel? Very likely. I've just been seeing Tuppy. Oh. And Gussie Finknottle. Oh, yes. It appears that you have gone and gotten engaged to the latter. Quite right. Well, that's what I meant when I said it was all perfect drivel. You can't possibly love a chap like Gussie. Why not? Because a freak like he needs company. And company and kind, Angela. Tell me honestly, my dear, are you truly vexed to love by the thought of endless meditations and dissertations on the predatory behaviour of the northern crested newt? All right, then. Perhaps I don't love him. What did you want to go and get engaged to him for, you unreasonable young fathead? I thought it would be fun. Fun? And so it has been. I've had a lot of fun out of it. 
You should have seen Tuppy's face when I told him. You got engaged to Gussie just to score off Tuppy? I did. Oh, boulder dash, Angela. You aren't intending to keep this up, I hope. I certainly am. Just to make Tuppy look silly. Do you think he looks silly? I do. Wonderful. Silly young geezer. I am not a silly young geezer. You are a silly young geezer, and what's more, you know it. I don't know anything of the kind. Oh, here you are, wrecking Tuppy's life, wrecking Gus's life, all for the sake of a cheap score. Well, it's no business of yours. No business of mine when I see two lives I used to go to school with wrecked. Besides, you don't know you're potty about Tuppy. I'm not. Is that so? If I had a quid for every time I've seen you gaze at him with a love light in your oh, eyes... for goodness sake, go away and boil your head, Bertie. Oh, that, that is just what I'm going to go away and boil. At least, I mean, um, I shall leave you now. I have had my say. Good. But permit me to add... I won't. Very good. In that case, tinker de tonk <laughs> Hello, Bertie, you old ass. I thought I shouldn't find you far away from the food. Try some of this salmon. Excellent. <laughs> Anatolis? No, he's still in bed. But the kitchen maid has struck an inspired streak. It certainly seems to have come home to her that she isn't catering for a covey of buzzards in the Sahara Desert, and she's put out something quite fit for human consumption. I say, Bertie, this spink bottle... Uh, not Bottle! After that exhibition of his this afternoon, bottle and nothing but bottle is how I shall always think of him. However, what I was going to say was that if you see him, I wish that you would tell him he has made an old woman very, very happy. I don't think I have ever had a more wonderful moment than when good old bottle suddenly started ticking Tom off from the platform, apart from perhaps my involvement in the Spanish-American War. There was this incident with a bull and hot air balloon, you see... But never mind that now. In summary, I thought his whole performance in the most perfect taste. Well, well those, those references to myself, I... <laughs> those were what I liked next best. I thought they were fine. Are you a pessimist, Bertie? My visit here is rapidly transforming me into one. Well, you must check that. Never be a pessimist. It's a long lane that has no turning. It's always darkest before the dawn. Have patience and all will come right. The sun will shine, although the day's a grey one. Try some of this salad. Yeah, I rather thought you might have been a trifle peeved. Peeved? You know, by Gus's manoeuvres on the platform this afternoon. I confess that I'd rather expected the tapping foot and the, the, the drawn brow. Nonsense. What was there to be peeved about? I took the whole thing as a great compliment, proud to feel that any drink from my cellars could have produced such a majestic jag. It restores one's faith in post-war whiskey. Besides, I couldn't be peeved at anything tonight. I am like a little child clapping its hands and dancing in the sunshine. For though it has been some time getting a move on, Bertie, the sun has at last broken through the clouds. Ring out those joy bells. Anatoly has withdrawn his notice. What? Oh, very hearty congratulations. Thanks, yes. I worked on him like a beaver after I got back this afternoon, and finally vowing he would ne'er consent, he consented. He stays on, praises be, and the way I look at it now is that God's in his high heaven and all's right with them. Hello, Seppings. I thought you and the rest of the household staff had gone. Uh, not, not yet, madam. Well, I hope you will all have a good time. Uh, thank you, madam. Was there something you wanted to see me about? Uh, yes, madam. It is with reference to Monsieur Anatole. Is it by your wish, madam, that Mr. Finknostle is making faces of Monsieur Anatole through the skylight of his bedroom? What? Oh, my God. Anatoly, Anatoly, my dear man, what is going on? What is all this? Hot dog? You ask me what is it? Listen, make some attention uh, a little. Me, I uh, have hit the hay. But I do not sleep so good, and I wake, and up I look, and there was one who makes faces against me through the window. Is that a pretty affair? Is that convenient? If you think I like it, you jolly well mistake yourself. I am somebody, isn't it? Quite. Uh, tell the poop to go away. He is as mad as some mouch hatters. I will, Monsieur Anatoly, I will. It's quite all right. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait one half moment. Not yet so quick, my old sport. It is by no means all right. It is uh, uh, some very different dishes of fish. I can take a few smooths with a rough, it is true. But 
I do not find it agreeable when one plays larks against me on my windows. That cannot do. It is very little or right. If such Renegazu is to arrive, I do not remain any longer in this house no more. I buzz off and do not stay planted. Go away, you crazy loon! I think he is indicating, madame, that if he were to scramble off, he should fall down the side and break his neck. Well, don't you stand there, man. Open the dashed skylight. Well? 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 Um, if... Uh, oh, take him away, Bertie, and put some ice on his head. Yeah, there, there, old chap. What, what's Tappy after you? Oh, it's been a nightmare, Bertie. What shall I do? Oh, sneak back to your room and barricade the door. That is the manly policy. Oh, suppose that's where he's lurking. Hmm. Well, um, in that case, move elsewhere. Give me a drink, Bertie. Ah, what sort? Any sort, so long as it's strong. Shove it down, Aunt Dahlia. These things take it out of one, don't they? Now, you've had a toughish time, no doubt, soothing Anatole. Everything pretty smooth now, I trust. Attila. That's the name. Attila the Hun. Eh? Attila. I was trying to think who you remind me of. Somebody who went about strewing ruin and desolation and breaking up homes, which, until he came along, had been happy and peaceful. Attila is the man. It's amazing. To look at you, one would think you were really just an ordinary sort of amiable idiot. Said fireball, perhaps, but quite harmless. Yet, in reality, you are worse a scourge than the Black Death. I tell you, Bertie, when I contemplate you, I seem to come up against all the underlying sorrow and horror of life with such a thud that I feel as if I had walked into a lamppost. What's brought this on, old flesh and blood? Anatoly has reinstated his notice. Oh, yes, my boy, Anatoly goes tomorrow, and I suppose poor old Tom will have indigestion for the rest of his life. And that is not all. I have just seen Angela, and she tells me she is engaged to this bottle. Temporarily, yes. Temporarily be blowed. She's definitely engaged to him and talks with all sort of hideous coolness of getting married in October. So there it is. If the Prophet Yob were to walk into this room at this moment, I could sit swapping hard luck stories with him till bedtime. I agree with you, Aunt Dahlia, that things are not looking too uh, ulja-cum-spiff at the moment, but be of good cheer. A Worcester is seldom baffled for more than the nonce. You rather expect to be coming along shortly with another of your schemes? Any minute. I thought as much. Well, it needed but this. I don't see how things could possibly be worse than they are, but no doubt you will succeed in making them so. Your genius and insight will find the way. Carry on, Bertie. I am past caring now. I shall even find a faint interest in seeing into what darker and profounder abysses of hell you can plunge this home. Go to it, lad. Pardon me, sir. Madam, a note for you, sir. A note for me, Jeeves? A note for you, sir. From whom, Jeeves? From Miss Bassett, sir. From whom, Jeeves? From Miss Bassett, sir. From Miss Bassett, Jeeves? From Miss Bassett, sir. What what, what, what can this female be writing to me about? Why not open the damn envelope and see? Very excellent idea. And if you are interested in my movements, I propose to go to my room, do some yogi deep breathing, and try to forget. Quite. object. I remember years ago when you were in your cradle, being left alone with you one day, and you nearly swallowed your rubber comforter and started turning purple. And I, ass that I was, took it out and saved your life. Let me tell you, young Bertie, it will go very hard with you if you ever swallow a rubber comforter again, when only I am by to aid. Does it? Do you know what's happened? Madeline Bassett says she's going to marry me. My heartfelt congratulations. I shall buy a star chart for your wedding. Oh, dear me. What on earth am I to do now? Hello, Bertie. Oh, hello. I'm I sorry. You, you were saying... saying... No, please go on. Oh, righto. Um, with reference to uh, yours of even date... Um... You got my note? Yes, yes, I, I got your note. I gave it to Jeeves to give it to you. Yes, he he gave it to me. That's uh, how I got it. I see. You got it. Yes, yes, I, I got it. I've, I've just been uh, been reading it. And um, 
what I was rather wanting to ask you if, if we, we happened to run into each other was, well, what about it? What about it? That, that's what I say. What about it? But it was quite clear. Oh, quite perfectly clear. Very well expressed and all that. But I, I mean, well, I, I mean, deeply sensible of the honour and so forth. But well, well, dash it. I think I know what you are trying to say. You're surprised. Yes. You are thinking of exactly Mr. Finknottle. The very man. You find what I have done very hard to understand. Absolutely. I don't wonder. I do. And yet. It is quite simple. Oh? Quite simple, really. I want to make you happy. Oh, well, uh, dash decent of you. I am going to devote the rest of my life to making you happy. Very matey scheme. I can at least do that. But may I be quite frank with you, Bertie? Oh, rather. Then I must tell you this. I am fond of you. I will marry you. I will do my best to make you a good wife. But my affection for you can never be the flame-like passion I felt for Augustus. Just the very point I was working round to. There, as you say, is the snag. Well, chuck the whole idea of hitching up with me. Wash it out altogether. I, I mean, if you love old Gassy... No longer. Oh, come. No. What happened this afternoon has killed my love. A smear of ugliness has been drawn across a thing of beauty. And I can never feel towards him as I did. Oh, but have you considered that you may have got a wrong line on Gus's performance this afternoon? Admitted that all the evidence points to a more sinister theory. What, price him having simply got a touch of the sun? Chaps do get touches of the sun, you know, especially when the weather's hot. It was like you to say that, Bertie. I respect you for it. Oh, no. Yes. You have a splendid, chivalrous soul. Not a bit. Yes, you have. You remind me of Serrano. Who? Serrano de Bergerac. Is that with a nose? Yes. Oh, cheers. He loved, but pleaded another's cause. Oh, I see what you mean now. I like you for that, Bertie. It was fine of you. Fine and big. But it is no use. There are things which kill love, and I can never forget Augustus. But my love for him is dead. I will be your wife. Ah. Right-ho. Ah, uh, thanks. Awfully. I, I hope you won't mind if I slip away for a moment. I just need to consult Jeeves on some practical matters. Of course, Bertie. Take, take all the time you need. Jeeves. Oh, oh, a word with you. Sir? I am up against it a bit, Jeeves. I am sorry to hear that, sir. Can I be of any assistance? Quite possibly you can, if you have uh, not lost your grip. Tell me frankly, Jeeves, are you in pretty good shape mentally? Yes, sir. Still eating plenty of fish? Yes, sir. Well, then it, then it may be all right. Uh, but, but there is just one point before I begin. In the past, when you have extricated myself from some little difficulty, you have frequently taken advantage of my gratitude to gain some private end. Those uh, purple socks, for instance. Also, the plus fours and the old Etonian spats. Choosing your moment with subtle cunning, you came to me when I was weakened by relief and got me to get rid of them. And what I am saying now is that if you are successful on the present occasion, there must be no rot of that description about that mess jacket of mine. Very good, sir. You will not come to me when all is over and ask me to jettison the jacket? Certainly not, sir. On that understanding, then, I will carry on. Jeeves, I'm engaged. I hope you will be very happy, sir. Now, don't be an ass. I'm engaged to Miss Bassett. Indeed, sir. I was not aware. Nor was I. It came as a complete surprise. The information was in that note that you brought me. Odd, sir. What is? Odd, sir, that the contents of that note should have been as you describe it. It seemed to me that Miss Bassett, when she handed me the communique, was far from a happy frame of mind. Well, of course she was. You don't suppose she really wants to marry me, do you? You feel that Miss Bassett, despite what has occurred, still retains a fondness for Mr. Finknottle, sir? She's pining for him. In that case, sir, surely the best plan would be to bring about a reconciliation between them. How? I do have a potential solution, sir. The device which I have in mind is one that I have already mentioned to you. When did you ever mention any device to me? If you will throw your mind back to the evening of our arrival, sir, you inquired if I had any plan to bring Miss Angela and Mr. Glossop together, and I ventured to suggest that... Good Lord, not the old fire alarm thing. Precisely, sir. You're still sticking to that? Yes, sir. 
As I see it, sir, the occupants of the house, hearing the fire bell ring, will suppose that a conflagration has broken out. Yes, that seems reasonable. Whereupon, Mr. Glossop will hasten to save Miss Angela, while Mr. Finknottle will perform the same office for Miss Bassett. Is that based on psychology, is it? Yes, sir. Possibly you may recollect the belief of the late Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's fictional detective, Sherlock Holmes, that the instinct of everyone, upon an alarm of fire, is to save the object dearest to them. Well, it seems to me that there is a grave danger of seeing Tuppy coming out carrying a steak and kidney pie, but resume, Jeeves, resume. You think this would clean everything up? The relations of the two young couples could scarcely continue distant after such an occurrence, sir. And with all the household staff away tonight, it would seem the ideal evening for such a guest. Indeed, sir. Oh, it, it sounds all right. Quite possibly it, it may come off. I have a feeling that it will slip up somewhere, but I am in no position to conveal with even a hundred to one shot. I will adopt this policy of yours, Jeeves, though, as I say, with misgivings. At what hour would you suggest a bonging the bell? Not before midnight, sir. That is to say, sometime after midnight. Yes, sir. All right, then. At, uh, at uh, 12.30 on the dot, I will bong. Very good, sir. Tug away, Bertram. <sighs> well, they all are looking uh, decidedly unrescued. <laughs> Jeeves? Sir? I see no evidence of daring do whatsoever. It would seem your little scheme is a bust. I do hate to interrupt. Ah, Aunt Dahlia. Yes, Attila, if you would step this away for a moment. Well, Bertie dear, here we all are. Quite. Nobody missing, is there? Oh, I don't think so. Splendid. So much healthier for us out in the open like this than frosting in bed. I just dropped off when you did your bell ringing act. For it was you, my sweet child, who rang that bell, was it not? I, I did ring the bell, yes. Any Particular reason, or just a whim? I thought there was a fire. What gave you that impression, dear? I, I, I thought I saw flames. Where, darling? Tell Aunt Dahlia. In one of the windows. I see. So we have all been dragged out of bed and scared rigid because you have been seeing things. I admit I was... mistaken. I am sorry. Don't apologise, Ducky. Can't you see how pleased we all are? What were you doing out here, anyway? I've just... Taking a stroll. I see. And are you proposing to continue your stroll? No, no. I think, I, I think I'll go in now. That's fine, because I was thinking of going in too, and I don't believe I could sleep knowing you were out here giving rein to that powerful imagination of yours. The next thing that would happen would be that you'd think you saw a pink elephant sitting on the drawing room windowsill and start throwing bricks at it. Well, come on, Tom, the entertainment seems to be over. Oh, but wait. The Newt King wishes a word with us. Yes, Mr Finknottle? I say... Say on, Augustus. I say, what are we going to do? Speaking for myself, I intend to return to bed. But the door's shut. What door? Uh, the front door. Somebody must have shut it. Then I shall open it. Uh, but it won't open. Then I shall try another door. But all the other doors are shut. What? Who shut them? I, I don't know. The wind! Of course, Bertie, the wind, all about us now. Can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? So very loud that we must shout at one another to be heard. Suppose we ring the bell, then. The fire bell? The doorbell. To what end, my young wards? There's nobody in this house. The servants are all at Kingham. But confound it all. We can't stop out here all night. Can't we? You just watch us. There is nothing, literally nothing, which a country house party can't do with Attila here operating on the premises. Seppings presumably took the back door key with him. We must just amuse ourselves till he comes back. Why not take out one of the cars and drive over to Kingham and get the key from Seppings? A very excellent idea. One of the best. Nip round to the garage at once. I say, it's all off. Why? The garage is locked. Unlock it. I haven't the key. Shout then and wake Waterbury. Who's Waterbury? The chauffeur, ass. He sleeps over the garage. But he's gone to the dance at Kingham. Curse all dancing chauffeurs! What on earth does a chauffeur want to dance? 
for. I mistrusted that man from the start. Something told me he was a dancer. Well, this finishes it. We're out here till breakfast time. If those blasted servants come back before eight o'clock, I shall be vastly surprised. You won't get seppings away from a dance till you throw him out. I know him. That jazz will go through his head and he'll stand clapping and demanding encores till his hands blister. Damn all dancing butlers! What is Brinkley Court? A respectable English country house or a crimson dancing school? One might as well be living in the middle of the Russian ballet. <sighs> well, all right. If we must stay out here, we must. We shall all be frozen stiff, except dear old Attila, who is, I observe, well and warmly clad. We will resign ourselves to the prospect of freezing to death like the babes in the wood, merely expressing a dying wish that our old pal Attila will see that we are covered with leaves. No doubt he will also toll that fire bell of his as a mark of respect. And what might you want, good man? If I might make a suggestion, madam. Jeeves, you haven't got an idea. Yes, madam. That great brain of yours has really clicked as ever in our hour of need. Yes, madam. Jeeves, I am sorry I spoke so abruptly. I was not myself. I might have known that you would not come simply trying to make conversation. Tell us this idea of yours, Jeeves. Join our little group of thinkers and let us hear what you have to say. Make yourself at home, Jeeves, and give us the good word. Can you really get us out of this mess? Yes, madam. If one of the gentlemen would be willing to ride a bicycle. A bicycle? There is a bicycle in the gardener's shed in the kitchen garden, madam. Possibly one of the gentlemen might feel disposed to ride over to Kingham Manor and procure the back door key from Mr. Sepping. Splendid, Jeeves. Thank you, madam. Wonderful. Thank you, madam. Attila? Yes, madam. Mr. Wooster would perform the task admirably. He is an expert cyclist. He has often boasted to me of his triumphs on the wheel. That's right. Bertie has always been a great cyclist. I remember at Oxford he used to take all his clothes off on bumps up at nights and ride around the quad singing comic songs. Jolly fast he used to go too. Then he can go jolly fast now. He can't go too fast for me. He may also sing comic songs if he likes, and if you wish to take your clothes off, Bertie, my lamb, by all means do so. But whether clothed or in the nude, whether singing comic songs or not singing comic songs, get a move on. But I haven't written for years. Then it's high time you began again. I've probably forgotten how to ride. You'll soon get the knack after you've taken a toss or two. Trial and error, the only way. But it's miles to Kingham. So the sooner you're off, the better. Bertie, dear. But dash it. Bertie, darling. Yes, but dash it. Bertie, my sweet, now. So, Jeeves, this is what your great scheme has accomplished. Tuppy, Angela, Gussie and the Bassett, not on speaking terms, and Self faced with an eight-mile ride. Nine, I believe, sir. Oh, splendid. A nine-mile ride and another nine-mile ride back. I am sorry, sir. Oh, no good being sorry now. Bloody thing doesn't even have a lamp. Suppose I barge into something. What's that smile for, Jeeves? I beg your pardon, sir. I was thinking of a tale my uncle Cyril used to tell me as a child. Two men named Nichols and Jackson set out to ride to Brighton on a tandem bicycle and were so unfortunate as to come into collision with a brewer's van. And when the rescue party arrived on the scene of the accident, it was discovered that they had been hurled together with such force that the keenest eye could not discern which portion of the fragments was Nichols and which Jackson. So they collected as much as they could and called it Nixon. I remember laughing very much at that story when I was a child, sir. Thanks for that, Jeeves. Your encouragement is greatly valued. You are most welcome, sir. Are the tyres pumped? Yes, sir. The brakes in order? Indeed, sir. Are the gears running smooth? As silk, sir. Right-ho, Jeeves. Very good, sir. Seppings! Seppings! Mr. Wooster! Less of the Mr. Wooster and more backdoor keys. Give me the key of the back door, Seppings. The key of the back door, sir? Precisely. The Brickley Court back door key. But it's at the court, sir. Don't be frivolous, my dear old butler. I haven't ridden nine miles on a pushbike to listen to you trying to be funny. You've got it in your trousers' pocket. No, sir. I left it with Mr. Jeeves. What? Yes, sir, before I came away. Mr. Jeeves said that he wished to have a walk in the garden before retiring for the night. He was to place the key on the kitchen windowsill. You mean that all this while the key has been in Jeeves' 
his possession. Why, yes, sir. Thank you, Seppings. Enjoy your dance. Jeez, jeez, is that you there? It is I, Bertie. Ah, Madeline. You got in then? Oh, yes. Jeeves found the key on the windowsill. Oh, he did, did he? Yes, he's inside now waiting on everyone. They're having breakfast. Ha! What? Nothing, nothing. I just thought you said something. Just ha? Oh. Bertie, I have something to say to you. What? I have something to say to you. I know, I said. What? Oh, I thought you didn't hear what I said. I heard what you said, all right, but not what you were going to say. Oh, I see. Bertie, do you read Tennyson? Not if I can help it. You remind me so much of those knights of the round table and the idols of the king. How do you mean? You have such a great heart, such a fine soul. You're so generous, so unselfish... So chivalrous. I've always felt that about you. That you're one of the few really chivalrous men I have ever met. Oh, well, uh, dash nice of you to say. Bertie. Yes? Will you be chivalrous now? I've been almost everything else in the past two hours. I don't see why not. I am going to try you to the utmost. I am going to test you as few men have ever been tested. I am going... Listen, Madeline, I'm more than happy to fight a dragon or some such stuff, but can it wait till the afternoon? My calves are murdering me. No, Bertie. I'm asking... Oh, Bertie. Bertie, let me go. I'm not holding on to you. Release me! Oh! 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 You mean... You mean call it off? You're, you're going to hitch up with Gussie after all. Only if you are fine and big enough to consent. Oh, I am. I gave you my promise. Oh, dash promises. And you really... Absolutely. Oh, Bertie. A very parfait night. You go back to Gussie. That's, that's him waiting over there, isn't it? Yes. You go back to him and tell him all is well. I shall never forget you, Bertie. You may rest assured, Madeline. That particular feeling... Is mutual. Gussie! Gussie! Did you hear the news? Bertie has given his assent. I... I really feel that... I... Yes, so do I. This might be... I think it rather could. Tell me, Madeline, do you ever feel the stars are God's daisy chain? Oh. All the time. Mm. Gussie? Yes? Do you know how the giant Chinese salamander courts its mates? I... Do you know, I don't. Neither do I. But I'll bet it's nothing like this. Wowza! (laughs) Come on, you. Let's go for a walk. And try to spot the fairy queen. Yes. Or you could kiss me back. It's the... Surprised to be sure, but a uh, welcome one. Oh my goodness. Tuppy! Tuppy! What ho, Bertie? You're back. You look like the wreck of the Hesperus. Get run over by a steamroller or something. Oh, Tuppy, old man, the Bassett's going to marry Gussie Fink Nottle. Tough luck on both of them, what? Don't you understand? Did you see what this means? It means that Angela is once more out of pawn and you have only to play your cards properly. Good lord, you're right behind the times, Bertie. Only to be expected, of course, if you will go running bicycles half the night. Angela and I made it up hours ago, didn't we, dear? Water under the bridge, Bertie, darling. Yesterday's news tour. Angela? What? Certainly. Nothing but a passing tiff. Oh, yes, we got together and we talked things over. I withdrew his double chin. I conceded her shark. Perfectly simple. Oh, yes. All done in a couple of minutes. But, 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 I... Sorry, Bertie. Can't stop chatting with you all night. Yes, there's a rather impressive Beano in progress in the dining room. 
and they are waiting for supplies. And we're the suppliers. Glossop, Angela. Hello. Yes, mother. Hurry up with that stuff. Coming. Coming. Well, come then. Yoikes. Hard for art. Tally ho. Not to mention Tantivy. <laughs> Mother's a bit above herself, Bertie. Yes, we don't know all the facts of the case, though it appears that Anatole gave notice, but has now consented to stay on. And also, Father has given her a cheque for Milady's boudoir. Yes, we didn't quite get the details, but she is much braced. Anywho, see you later. We must rush. Yes, we really must dash. Toodaloo. What the devil? I, I, I say, Anatole, Anatole. There is no pause for the chit-chat. I am acquired for my eggs. Blast it, man. Just wait. You've withdrawn your notice? Uh, I have no cannot stop for the Socratic dialogue, buddy boy. The eggs is, they call me. What the bloody hell is going on here? Good evening, sir. I was informed that you had returned. I trust you had an enjoyable ride. I, I, I say, Jeeves. What? Sir? What, what does all this mean? You refer, sir? Of course I refer. You know what I'm talking about. What has been happening here since I left? The place is positively stiff with happy endings. Yes, sir. I am glad to say that my efforts have been rewarded. What do you mean, your efforts? You aren't going to try and make out that that rotten firebell scheme of yours had anything to do with it? Yes, sir. Oh, don't be an ass, Jeeves. It flopped. Not altogether, sir. I fear, sir, that I was not entirely frank with regard to my suggestion of ringing the firebell. I had not really anticipated that it would in itself produce the desired results. I had intended it merely as a preliminary to what I might describe as the real business of the evening. Oh, you gibber, Jeeves. No, sir. It was essential that the ladies and gentlemen should be brought from the house in order that, once out of doors, I could ensure that they remain there for the necessary period of time. How do you mean? My plan was based on psychology, sir. How? It is a recognised fact, sir that there is nothing that so satisfactorily unites individuals who have been so unfortunate as to quarrel amongst themselves as a strong mutual dislike for some definite person. In my own family, we utilise Aunt Annie for precisely this purpose. Inviting her for a visit incites such mutual animosity that any domestic disagreements are soon resolved. Remembering this, it occurred to me that if you, sir, were to blame for the ladies and gentlemen being forced to spend the night in the garden... Everybody would take so strong a dislike to you that in this common sympathy they would sooner or later come together. As much proved true. All, as you see, sir, is now well. After your departure on the bicycle, the various estranged parties agreed so heartily in their abuse of you that the ice, if I may use the expression, was broken, and it was not long before Mr. Glossop was walking beneath the trees with Miss Angela telling her anecdotes of your career at the university in exchange for hers regarding your childhood, while Mr. Finknottle, leaning against the sundial, held Miss Bassett enthralled with stories of your school days. Mrs. Travers, meanwhile, was telling Monsieur Anatole... Oh, very good, Jeeves, wonderful. And now, I suppose, as the result of this dashed psychology of yours, Aunt Dahlia is so sore with me that it'll be years before I can dare to show my face here again. No, sir. It was to prevent any such contingency that I suggested that you should bicycle to Kingham Manor. When I informed the ladies and gentlemen that I had found the key, and it was borne in upon them that you were having that long ride for nothing, their animosity vanished immediately, to be replaced by cordial amusement. There was much laughter. There was, eh? Yes, sir. I fear you may possibly have to submit to a certain amount of good-natured chaff, but nothing more. All, if I may say so, is forgiven, sir. Oh. Yes, sir. You, uh, you certainly do seem to have fixed things. Yes, sir. Tuppy and Angela are once more betrothed. Also Gussie and the Bassett. Uncle Tom appears to have coughed up all that money from a lady's boudoir and Anatole is staying on. Yes, sir. I suppose you might say that all's well that ends well. Very apt, sir. All the same, your methods are a bit rough, Jeeves. One cannot make an omelette without breaking eggs, sir. Omelette? Do you think you could get me one? Certainly, sir. Together with half a bottle of something? Undoubtedly, sir. I'll do so, Jeeves, and with all speed. <clears throat> something on your mind, Jeeves? Yes, sir. I should have mentioned it earlier, but in the evening's disturbance it escaped my memory. I fear I have been remiss, sir. Yes, Jeeves? In the matter of your mess jacket, sir. I am sorry to say, sir... That while I was ironing it this afternoon, I was careless enough to leave the hot instrument upon it. I very much fear that it will be impossible for you to wear it again, sir. 
I am extremely sorry, sir. Right ho, Jeeves. Very good, sir. This has been part three of our adaptation of Right Ho Jeeves. Let us know what you thought on social media using the hashtag AHPWriteHoJeeves and leave us a review on Apple or Google Podcasts. Right Ho Jeeves was written and directed by Delmarta Blanche and produced by me, Amina Hamid. And starring Pavan Rao as Jeeves, Delmarta Blanche as Bertie Worcester, Sam Rippon as Gussie Finknottle, Anna Chedham Cooper as Aunt Dahlia, Alan Phillip as Tuppy Glossop, Josie Stevens as Madeline Bassett, Hannah Fleming Brown as Angela Travers, Eddie Keenan as the Headmaster, Purvis and Seffings, and Percy Fergent as Anatole. <laughs>